Hey everyone, today's episode is another interview and it is jam-packed full of business advice and marketing ideas and a really awesome business tool that I am going to introduce to you because I have the co-founder with us today. So before we dive into the interview, I'm going to tell you a little bit about our guest. Sheila McSporin is a co-founder of Oleoboard.com, a successful online interior design platform that allows its half a million members to create digital room designs that can be shopped with a click. Oleoboard has been featured on TV shows and sites such as The Today Show, The Nate Berkus Show, The Stephen and Chris Show, CityLine TV, Mashable, and Apartment Therapy. In addition to Oleoboard, Sheila is also the co-founder of DesignFiles.co, which provides thousands of interior designers with their own private online design platform branded to their business. Using design files, interior designers can source products, create digital designs, invite their clients in to discuss the looks, send out branded presentations and tear sheets, and manage all of their client projects in one easy-to-use platform. Now, Design Files is built really specifically for people who want to offer virtual interior design services, but it's also useful for people who are still offering traditional interior design services. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Kate Show. Today, I have the one and only Sheila McSporin with me, and I am just thrilled to be talking with her all about designfiles.co and the other businesses that she has created. So, Sheila, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. And I think it's so cool that podcasting like this allows me to talk to people like you. I mean, you're in Canada. I'm in Wisconsin. It's just, it's so cool to see the design community come together. And even though we're so spread out, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Doesn't the design community feel small? Absolutely. But uh, if there's one thing that I've learned from running platforms like Oleoboard and Design Files is that there are, the design community is all over the place. It's funny because I will be talking to designers that are in Australia and in the UK and in Canada and the US and they just come from from everywhere and uh, they're very um, very good at sourcing out platforms and finding communities that work for them. So thank God for that or I'd be out of a business. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's so cool that platforms like what you have can serve people that are literally on the other side of the planet and we're not restricted by any of that. And it's just the beauty of online business. I just love it. So, so before we talk business, would you mind just giving us a little bit of background as to like who you are, where you are, what your family life is like, and you know, just all the things that make you real. Okay, so um, you already did the whole business introduction for me, so I'll just stay clear of that and uh, 
on the flip side of that, um, well, my name is Sheila and I live in Ontario, Canada. Uh, I live in a farm on, in a small town with my husband, Cole, who's also my business partner. Um, aside from my work, uh, what I really like to do is gardening. I am huge into vegetable gardening. I like canning and preserving my own foods. Um, I've been getting more and more into woodworking. Um, and I'm actually kind of seriously considering getting some chickens and a couple of goats to fill out this farm, but we'll see how that all works out. <laughs> I love that. Oh, goats are adorable. <laughs> I like the idea of making my own goat cheese. I think I'd like to give it a go. <laughs> yeah, that's some fancy cheese right there. So yeah. that, that is so cool. And uh, I really feel like I, I didn't know that you had all this background in like just simple country living because that's totally how I grew up. So it's pretty cool. Uh, just another example of across time and space, we're all really not that different. So with all of that said, you said that you work with your husband. So what's that been like? <laughs> we get asked that a lot. <laughs> And uh, I can honestly say that it's fantastic. Um, I've been with Cole for 15 years. And for 10 of those years, we have been running companies together. And he is just someone that I can completely trust. We both really understand each other. And that's, that's pretty critical when you are uh, talking about your business partner and your life partner, for that matter. Mm. Um, but uh, I think... Uh, one of the reasons that we work well together is because um, he's strong in areas that I'm weak and I'm strong in areas where he's weak. So it's a very complimentary working relationship. Um, that's not to say that we don't go head to head at times because we absolutely do. Um, sometimes we'll disagree on which features or promotions we want to be prioritizing. Um, but in that in those kinds of scenarios, the key is to just not get emotional about it because you're not fighting with your significant other. You're just talking business. So you do have to pull the emotion out of it uh, when you are discussing your business. And I also think that it's actually okay to go head to head because it's good to have a partner who feels as protective and um, strong about the direction and the success of your business as you do. So. Uh, it's kind of nice to have somebody that I can talk to and maybe even spar with a little bit and we don't have to worry about stepping on each other's toes. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, because I would imagine that working with someone all day and then living with them 24-7 can have its interesting moments. But when you first started going into business with your husband, did you already have it designated like, okay, you're going to do these sorts of things and I'm going to do these things over here? Or was it kind of a gray area in the beginning? In the beginning, it was a gray area where we were both kind of working on the same things. So if there's one thing that I will say to anybody who's considering uh, with working with your significant other, I would absolutely recommend that you outline your role in the company and that you actually just trust your partner to handle their roles uh, because when you start to micromanage and you're looking over each other's shoulders uh, it just creates an unequal partnership and that can cause resentment so you really do need to trust that your partner is taking care of what they need to take care of you're taking care of what you need to take care of and then neither of you are uh, kind of spreading yourself too thin. It's a much more productive uh, workflow. 
that way. There's so much wisdom in what you just said. And one, there are two things I want to pull out there. One was defining the roles that you guys have. And the other one was trusting, trusting that they're going to fulfill their role and trusting that they're going to have it all managed. And I like those two things because that's like the basis of any good business. And I think you've done an incredible job of building up that business in a way that sure it's owned by family, but it's so much more than the quote unquote, just a family business. Yeah. Yeah. We will. Well, that's what we're trying to do. We are trying to create uh, a, a very solid business platform here that we can use to service a number of clients. The, the business is scaling all the time and that means having to really think through exactly uh, what each person's role is, uh, what you're good at, and then just steering clear of the other areas. And that's not just between Cole and myself. That's between everybody that works in this company. So I have to have full trust in our developers and their designers to take care of the their elements of their um, their roles so that I don't have to think about that because there's enough hats to wear. Uh, I don't want to take it all on, and you shouldn't ever want to take it all on because your company will be the poorer for it. <laughs> Oh, that is so true. And I think that when people get started in business, whether it's interior design or home staging or what have you, they feel, and I felt when I started my business, that I had to wear all the hats. And I didn't have the blessing of having a business partner, um, but much like your situation, my husband's been the one who's like been the advisor and we've definitely had a few discussions about some business things. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But, but you're absolutely right. You shouldn't even want to wear all the hats because it just burns you out. And I like that you pointed out staying in your area of genius is a big reason why you have been so successful. And have there been times where you've been tempted to take on way more than you should or more than you feel you should or doing things that you, you should have like, I don't know, outsourced or delegated to someone else? Like, what's that struggle like? Yeah, oh, that's a daily struggle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a daily struggle. So there are, I do feel like there are days where I am, uh, I am trying to take on too much uh, because uh, for my part of it, I tend to be the face of the company. So um, a lot of the time I'll be the one who is reaching out to designers to talk to them, figure out exactly uh, what it is that they need from us, uh, from the platform, uh, where, it's, where it's not working for them. I'm the one who's usually uh, reaching out to uh, create partnerships and promotions. Um, and there's a part of me that, like I, you know, when I first started out with our web design business, Keel, I was uh, playing an active role in designing um, the online products. So I still like to get my hands in there. There are things that I, I definitely would like to work on in that area. But um, I have to keep telling myself that my priorities are really talking to the designers, figuring out what they need, relaying that over to the designers and the developers and Cole, who manages, uh, who manages them. And, uh, and then I have to keep moving forward on marketing and promotion. So um, yeah, daily struggle, but you just have to keep telling yourself you have to get uh, a few key things done in your day. And if you're filling that time with other areas that somebody else can take care of, then you're letting your business down. So I have to just drop it and keep narrowing my focus on what I need to do. 
I love that. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you have some pretty strict boundaries and clearly it's working for you. So let me see if I can just kind of lay this out for everybody listening. So you started out creating a web design company with your husband and then you moved into Oleo board, which evolved into design files. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's just, that's so much. That's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's so much work like developing and growing one business and here you've got like three. That's insane. So how did you make the leap from the web design company Keel to Oleo board? How did that work? Well, we had been, so our whole focus for Keel was to help startup companies build their online platform, uh, their online platforms, their business focused online platforms. So we did that for a number of years and, uh, and that was fantastic actually because that gave us so much insight into uh, really building streamlined platforms that were user friendly, really just knocking it down to the basics so that anybody who came onto those platforms could easily use them and not get lost. And um, after helping a number of companies uh, build those kinds of platforms, we decided to get into it ourselves. We had all this experience, so why not give it a go? And um, I have always kind of had an interest in interior design uh, along with the uh, web design um, background. So bringing those two together was kind of a, uh, an area that I would have uh, enjoyed exploring. And then as we looked into uh, potential directions for Oleoboard, we found that there was this this hole in the industry where there were there was no real platform for a consumer to uh, basically test out products, see how they work together in a space, and really test out a work before they buy it. So we started building Oleo Board to give people a location where they could drag products from any vendors onto a canvas, test out the look, see if it works, they could share it with their friends, get advice, and if they really like it, go ahead and buy it. Mm, yes. Um, so I want to, I just want to jump in super quick and point out how this is just like the perfect example of everything that I talk about on this podcast. So you guys were specializing in something, you absolutely honed your craft, and then you directed it all towards a niche market. Yeah. And from what I have seen just through some pretty quick research, Oleo board is extremely popular. It's everywhere. I know that in the intro, people heard it's been on the Nate Berkus show and, and amazing places like that. So guys, everyone listening, you got to listen to this woman here. She knows what she's talking about. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like then when you launched Oleo Board, did you have any specific goal in mind for it? Did you expect for it to receive all the publicity that it has? Uh, we expected it to be a little slower. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things that we did do, when we decided we were gonna launch Oleo Board, one of the main marketing efforts that we put forward was to reach out to all the major uh, interior design focused blogs, so Decorate, Design Sponge, Apartment Therapy, all the big design focused blogs. So we reached out to them and we said we were launching this whole new platform and um, we think it's a really good fit for their audience. And we got a post on um, Decorate and on Apartment Therapy the day we launched and it crashed the site, which was not ideal, but it was nice to see that there was this huge audience coming in uh, to test out the platform. So immediately we're realizing that there's a product fit here and this is a good place for us. And by targeting these, uh, these types of blogs, we're really hitting in on the audience that is a perfect match for our business. 
Wow. Um, so, so that was great. And Olio Board uh, just kind of get, kept getting more and more recognition on blogs. And then we started getting some recognition on TV shows and things like that, which was fantastic. Uh, and the audience has just been steadily growing. That now, is the, amazing. Oh, yeah, ahead. sorry. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, now, while all of that was just kind of, it was great, great platform, one of the things that we did notice over the years of running Oleoboard was that focusing on the consumer audience was good, but as, as a consumer, you're not typically uh, decorating every room in your house every single year. You know, you're not changing it up that frequently. So consumers would come and go and they would use the platform here and there. But when we really started to kind of narrow in and look at our audience to see who's using the platform, we found this really active audience on our site. We thought, okay, they're coming back daily. So who is this audience? And we started looking into it, and that audience ended up being interior designers and decorators and stagers. And we just thought, okay, well, this is the audience we should be focusing on because they're, they're giving us a product fit. They're using it on a daily basis, and they're using it for their business. So we actually decided to uh, change things up again. <laughs> and uh, we decided to put all of our efforts into this, this new audience and really talk to them, figure out what they needed. And basically, what we learned from them was they love the Oleo board concept and the kind of board creator, but they needed something that was more professional, something that was more private, so that they could use the platform to better service their clients. And that's why we came around to building design files. So now with design files, we can offer these designers their own private uh, online platform, branded to their business, and it has all the tools to service their clients on their own terms. That is amazing. And I want to dive into design files and all of its functions and its capabilities because I spent a good hour on the design files website earlier this week and I was just amazed because it looks like you have thought of everything. So the updates and changes and additions that you make to design files, are those guided by your members or how do you come up with those updates? Yeah, I have to give full credit to the members. Um, we always, on a regular basis, we ask our designers uh, what's working for them on design files, what's not working for them on design files, how they're using the tool for their business so I can better understand their workflows and then build the platform accordingly. So all the new features in design files are based on designer uh, requests. And the whole flow of the platform is based on understanding how designers work from start to finish, uh, from starting a design consultation to finishing it off. So that's, that's really how we built out the platform. We didn't take it on ourselves to, to, to decide what a client needs. We just listened uh, and uh, we ended up building a platform around those needs. Yeah, and listening to your members is another reason why this has become such a powerful platform. Because like I said, it, when I went there, I'm like, oh, wow, they thought of everything. And just thinking back to what my interior design clients and my customers say about what they want in a platform or if they're with a different platform, they, they complain to me, you know, um, kind of use me as a sounding board. So when I went there, I was like, well, she's just got it all then. That's awesome. So <laughs> exactly how are interior designers using your platform? So it, uh, we've got a, a 
I guess, a combination uh, of ways that the uh, designers are using the platform, and it really depends on the type of designer. So we do have an audience of uh, e-designers who offer online services, and for them, I mean, Design Files is, is perfectly set up because it really provides every single tool you would need to service a client completely online. Um, we do offer up an option where uh, designers are able to build in their own uh, packages page so they can list all their design packages, set their own prices, their clients can come in, review the packages, pay for it, then we jump the client right into the design questionnaire where they provide the designer with all the project specific details including uh, the room they want help with, the budget, dimensions of the space, images of the space, inspirational images, preferred colors, styles, all of that. And then, basically, the designer takes that information, they can uh, build their digital design boards inside design files using our editor, they can invite their clients in to discuss the looks directly on the design boards, and they actually get to choose whether or not they want to let the client shop the look themselves, or if they're going to control that portion of it. So it's very streamlined and, and built in a way that the designer can walk their client through it step by step in a just on easy to use platform. So I like that you pointed out that designers have control over the pricing. And I know that is a pain point or a huge concern for a lot of people in this industry. So could you explain a little bit more, like how can they adjust pricing or can they, and can they hide the pricing? Like how does that work? Yeah. So, uh, Basically, with Design Files, we set it up to be flexible based on the designer's business. So as I was mentioning, uh, we do uh, it is well set up for an e-designer, and a lot of the e-designers do want to just let their clients shop the look themselves. So there are there's functionality built into Design Files that allows uh, designers to include shop links that will allow uh, their customer to just basically shop the product. Um, so they'll click the Shop It button, and they'll get jumped right to the retailer site where they can purchase the item. Or uh, for our more full service uh, interior designers that use the platform, we do offer up the ability to allow the designer to hide shop links and uh, also to edit the uh, product price so that they can include their markups. So as a full service designer, you can choose specifically what product details you want your client to be able to see. You can even choose to change the name of the product if you want to edit the name of the product so you can ensure that your client doesn't go searching for it um, to shop the item without you. You can do that as well. You can hide all the product details if you want to or edit any of the product details. It really comes down to what you want your client to see and you get full control over that. Yeah, so this is a real game changer then because like you said, not only does it work with the virtual and the traditional designer, but protecting pricing is such a big issue right now. And I know that with the whole house controversy and people are, well, designers, I should say, are getting all the more nervous about how they might be undercut or how the DIY market is just going to start growing and start going around them. I like that your platform is built to go either way and you give complete control to the designer. And I think that there are a lot of companies who try not to make that happen. You know, they, they try to have some sort of agenda and I'm not saying that about how specifically, but just companies in general. And so I really like that your platform design files has that capability to just allow the designer to be the business owner as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, we don't want to uh, tell you how to run your business. All we're providing here are the tools that you can use to streamline your business, simplify your workflow, cut those extra hours out so that you're getting paid for every hour. Because let's face it, a lot of designers feel like their workflow is uh, it just takes them too long to complete a project and they're not making enough money for the amount of time that they're working. So what we want to do here is streamline the whole process, cut down to uh, the smallest amount of hours that you need to service your customer, but still give them that exceptional uh, customer service. And then also have the flexibility built into the platform so that you can choose to run your business the way you want. So if you, you want to hide those prices and you want to use your markups to uh, set custom pricing, fine. That's great. Or if you do want to just charge your flat rate uh, for your design ideas and your design advice and then let your client shop the look, that works too. Whatever works for you, is that's what you should be doing. So we're just creating a platform that does that. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Power to the people. That's what it is. So, <laughs> do you have to be tech savvy to use this platform? No, actually, I would really honestly say no. And I know people are going to question me on that. But um, the one thing that Cole and I really pride ourselves on is creating a, a simple, easy to use platform. We have a lot of experience with it. We've been building platforms for a variety of different companies for years. And that's given us a lot of insight into really streamlining interfaces, really simplifying the overall look of, uh, of the web page so that there's only a few major uh, interactions that you can do on that page. Um, I was actually on the phone, and I swear this is true, I was on the phone with one of the designers yesterday, and she said that using design files was easier than turning on her TV. And I just thought, <laughs> that's amazing, that's exactly what I want to hear, because then I know that we're doing our job right. Um, and it's even better when uh, we get feedback from the designers who say that their clients are loving using the platform. Uh, so it wasn't just creating a simple platform for designers. It's creating a platform where the client can come in and it's just easy for them. They can't get lost. They're just either filling out a questionnaire and providing details or they're reviewing designs. And uh, yeah, I think that um, for the most part, it feels like our designers are able to just jump right in and, and get to work and not have to spend hours trying to learn a platform because let's face it, that's tedious and daunting. and Designers are often testing out new platforms to uh, see which one works best for their business. There's always a new one popping up and you should be trying them out to see if it works well for you. What we wanted to do was create one where you could jump right in and get to work and not have to deal with that learning curve. Um, yeah, yeah. And because you're right, the onboarding process deters so many people. And a lot of my clients, are well they, they say they're not tech savvy but i think they should give themselves a little bit more credit but when it comes to design files and the user experience not only is that amazing but from what i could see just on like the tutorial videos on your website the client experience is beautiful and that says a lot of good about the designer who's using the platform because and i'm sure you thought of this when you were building it i can tell that you did but the client experience on your platform doesn't necessarily reflect good or bad on you. It would reflect good or bad on the interior designer that's bringing their client to that point. So I love that you made everything intuitive. Yeah, that was, it was critical to make that, uh, 
that client experience a good one because let's face it, if the client's not happy, it doesn't matter if the, the designer likes using the platform. So as long as we can keep that client happy, a happy client is a returning client, that makes for a happy designer and that keeps the businesses growing. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it was definitely a focus for us to make sure that the client was having a good experience and also uh, for the designer as well, I'm glad you brought up the video tutorial library um, just to make it really easy on designers. If they did have any questions, there is a full video tutorial library. We put out a video tutorial for every single feature that's on design files. And anytime there's a new feature that comes out, you get a video tutorial that comes along with it. So you're always aware of how to use the new features. And aside from that, we also do webinars. We do one-on-one -on -one demos. Uh, there's live chat where you can talk to a member of our team. We get that trying out a new platform is daunting, so we do try to go the extra mile with the customer support. Yeah, and that is such a good feature to add on because when I just as an outside observer, I was like, okay, I want to check out your platform because I really, I've, I've heard about it like on Facebook and I wanted to see what it was about without necessarily signing up for an account, you know, since I'm not a designer. So mm -hmm. when I looked at all of the videos that you had, I'm like, oh, well, this is awesome. You know, it was like having a real live demo, but it went into the nitty gritty of it. And I just want our listeners to know, even the nitty gritty of this platform is not complicated, you know, so <laughs> it, it's, it's actually just very refreshing. So can you ex like describe to me who your ideal user for this platform is? Yeah, so I would say that it's kind of broken down into two types of designers. Um, now, obviously, our uh, the main designer that would probably find this platform to be exceptionally useful would be somebody who is focused on offering e-design as a key service. Um, so the business model would be more in line with setting up your design packages and getting paid upfront for those design packages by your client. Um, this would not be a case where you're charging your markups on the individual products, although you can use the platform for that. But more that e-design service where it's just, here's the set uh, price for the room design and uh, you're getting paid up front for that. Now for those types of designers, there, are, there were a few pain points that we wanted to make sure we were addressing. Um, so, uh, as an e-designer, when I'm talking to them, uh, one of the major things that we found was, uh, while those kind of crowdsourced e-design sites can be helpful to connect designers with potential clients, one of the major downsides of that was that the designers often bound to the rates and the project terms set by that site. And another problem, uh, that the e-designers were having was that their current workload was too long and that they were working too hard for the amount of money that they, that they were earning. So, to make sure that we address these concerns, um, when a designer comes to design files uh, and creates an account, or an account, one of the nice things about it is that they're creating an account for their business, so they're spending their time growing their business instead of somebody else's business. They get to set their own rates and their own project terms. We do not take a cut of any kind from the designer. What you earn is 100% yours. And the design tools that we have built in uh, cover everything that an e-designer would need to really offer an exceptional online uh, design experience to their customers. So it just gave them full control over their own business. They get to have a nice professional platform that they can impress their clients with, and they get to run it on their own terms. 
That is such a beautiful thing. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I wish I was an interior designer so that I could just go use this just for the heck of it. Just because I, I like that you have, like I said, thought of everything. And the thing I would like you to tell us a little bit more about is the design packages that people can set up, the online payment features, like how do you integrate, like what integrations do you have right now? And then from the design package through the end product, like what does that full workflow completely look like? Okay, so we'll start with the design packages. <laughs> um, so this is actually, uh, this is actually a feature that we were really excited to get up and running. Um, it was one of those uh, regularly requested features from our designers. So basically what we did was we built in a page into the uh, designer's account on Design Files where they could list all of their design packages and the services they want to offer. They get to set their own prices for each of the packages. They can add in the deliverables that they want to include for each of their packages. And then in their Design Files account, we provide them with promotional links that they can use to advertise their services online and then just uh, drive potential clients right into that packages page where the client can browse all the packages. They can pick one, pay for it, and, uh, and then when the client pays for the package, we jump them right into the design questionnaire where they can give over all of the product-specific details and just kickstart the job. So it just, it was a nice addition to add to design files because it meant that the entire thing was now happening on one platform. The whole e-design service could happen on one platform instead of having to collect the money from the uh, client using PayPal or another, another option. Yeah, so what I really appreciate about this is it cuts down on the amount of emails between the client and the designer. It cuts down mm -hmm. on the lag time, and that means that even on a weekend or off hours or while the designer is sleeping, someone out there could find them and pay for a package and fill out the intake form and be all ready to go by the time that designer wakes up Monday morning. Exactly. So that's the nice thing about, uh, you know, having this, you know, I know that a lot of designers are concerned about e-design, but I really, really do think that this is a massive opportunity because technically it has opened up a previously untapped portion of the audience that can now be potential clients. It means you're not limited to servicing people in your local area anymore. You can service somebody who's across the country uh, and the whole thing can happen online. So it really opens up a huge opportunity for designers if you can just uh, expand your businesses online and, and tap into that online market. Yeah, and I totally hear you when you say that some designers are nervous about how virtual interior design is changing the industry, but I think it's a good thing because as people start gravitating more towards the DIY market, that means that they're still going to need the help of a professional. They're still going to need advice because you know, I'm not a designer. Like I couldn't do it. I am Googling all day long. How do you do this, that, or the other? Or I'm asking some of my clients because there is no way for a homeowner to completely avoid using a professional designer. There's just no way. I mean, because they will purchase items. They'll be somewhat happy with them at the time. And then they'll put them all together in the same room and be like, oh, well, that looks silly. You know, so it's, of course, there are some homeowners who have just an innate desire and um, 
a talent for putting together colors and textures and such, but that's not the case for everyone. In fact, it's not the case for a majority of people. So I agree, like there is no fear to be had with virtual design. And do you see that as a bigger and bigger part of the industry in 2018 versus like 2016 and 17, or has that changed very much? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a growing part of the industry. Um, the re I think that there's a lot of key factors that have kind of aligned nicely to create this perfect storm, which uh, is building these, this um, uh, e-design this e industry. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, we're dealing with uh, people who, consumers who have access to information and tools like never before. These are consumers who are extremely comfortable with using online services to purchase everything from their groceries to their clothing to their furniture. We also have online retailers who are able to offer steep discounts on a pretty regular basis. They're able to offer free shipping and free returns on a number of products. Uh, they, they can also ship the product faster to the customer. Um, we also have uh, technology and tools that are making it so easy uh, for businesses to offer e-design services. And if we're going to be completely honest, um, let's face it, there is a perception that the full-service interior design services are expensive and out of reach. And it actually doesn't matter if that's true or not. That is the perception. And this audience that has kind of gravitated towards e-design, they gravitated to that because they see it as an affordable option where they can get advice from a design, an interior designer, and not break the bank. Um, and they're also the type of uh, client that is willing to do a little bit of the work themselves. So they're willing to shop the product. They're willing to put the room together. But they do want help and advice from an interior designer and this service uh, is more attainable uh, to them. So this is an audience that you might not have been able to uh, work with on a full service basis, but it is an audience you can work with on an e-design basis and it just opens things up for interior designers. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think that a lot of our listeners are going to get a, of so much value out of using your platform. And I want to encourage everyone to head over to designfiles.co and start with a free trial. Go from there. And the packages are all very affordable. And as you have heard, it's extremely intuitive and easy to use. So Sheila, thank you very much for being here with us today. Oh, no problem. I'm happy to be here. All right, guys, until next time, make sure you keep your message clear and your marketing simple. This is The Kate Show. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.